if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning to you. Let's push that button over there for me, Derek. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are underway on this Thursday, the sixth morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2021, and we are packed up today. Very, very important guests coming up in about a half an hour at 9.35. Jenna Powell, Ohio District 80 state representative, has introduced a new bill. Save women's sports in Ohio. Yes, this is. This puts Ohio uh, among the list or on the list of other states, conservative red states for the most part, um, that want to protect women and want to protect girls and want to save their sports from being dominated by biological males in this new trendy trans movement. Uh, Jenna Powell is saying, nope, we're going to do this legislatively. We're not going to leave it up to the schools or up to the OHSAA. We are going to save women's sports and not allow them to be uh, invaded and dominated by males. So she'll, we'll talk to her about that at 9.35. Dr. Everett Piper with his regular Thursday visit talking about open racism in Oklahoma being sponsored by the Democrat Party. He's not exaggerating. They have chosen to specifically support racism in the state of Oklahoma. Dr. Piper will tell you why. Also, the view wants to shun the unvaccinated, and they should be just kind of herded into a a small quadrant of the country where nobody can be polluted by their dangerous germs. And progressives addicted to COVID panic policies and won't give them up. They won't. They can't. They're so addicted to the fear, they cannot, even when the science shows it's safe to come out of your home again. They don't want to do it. So Dr. Piper on all of that at 1010. Then at 1035, a treat for you, Bill O'Reilly. Of course, Bill O'Reilly, the longtime cable news host, who, of course, now gives you the O'Reilly update each and every day here on AM 1420, The Answer, uh, will be with us to talk about his latest in the killing series, Killing the Mafia. And I'm very much into this. I will tell you point blank, I'm excited about this conversation that we're going to have because um, I'm, 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 I'm hooked. I'm hooked. Maybe it's by Hollywood. Maybe it's by books. Maybe it's by documentaries, docudramas. Uh, but the mafia and the age, the golden age of the mafia, which is not something to be celebrated, is celebrated in historical accounts. They're, they're, like, they're like stars. 
they're like stars. They're like what's what's traditionally referred to in in film, uh, oftentimes, and, and in literature, the antihero, somebody who's a terrible person, but you find yourself rooting for for some reason. That's what they've done with mafia figures: vicious, violent, terrible, horrible people who have been kind of glorified in the films. Um, but the golden age of the mafia is gone, and yet the mafia still lives on. Bill O'Reilly will tell you all about that coming up at ten thirty-five. Very much looking forward to that conversation as well. Before we get into the top news of the day let's start our program as we do each and every day with a salute to our country we always start with the pledge of allegiance so patriots please stand if you're not driving put your hand over your heart uh, leftists go ahead and take your knee i pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Liberty and justice for all. Let's start with that word, liberty. It is, um, it is first in the Constitution. It's, it's number one in the Bill of Rights. The First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America provides us with the liberty to speak as we wish. Free speech. Free speech, freedom of the press, both of those are going to be important in what we're about to talk about. As well as, of course, freedom of religion, freedom to assemble and freedom to petition the government for a redress of our grievances. But free speech and freedom of the press. In 2021, it's a different time than it was in 1921, certainly than it was in 1821, or going back to the, the, um, uh, the Constitutional Congress that gave us our great document. In 1787. 2021, the press is different than what it was in any of pre- a previous decade or century. The press is now social media. It's not just the major TV news networks, which, of course, they couldn't have foreseen back at that time anyway. And it's not just the newspapers that, of course, they did have during that time. But today's media includes, today's press includes social media, the ability to speak, the ability to be heard, the ability to challenge, the ability to engage other people. Social media is the new press. It's the new fourth estate, as much as the traditional newspaper, uh, magazine, slash television uh, news you know, had become. And I bring this up because yesterday I started the show talking about what among the numerous issues that we are dealing with here in the United States that threaten the existence of this republic, which of them is the most dire, the most you know challenging, the most concerning to you, kind of built off of what uh, Peter Kersenow talked about on Tuesday when he filled in for me. But we talked about education slash indoctrination. We talked about critical race theory, Marxism. We talked about uh, Equality Act and science. We talked about the destruction of the nuclear family. We talked about the deconstruction of the uh, world economy by way of the Green New Deal. We talked about the takeover, federal takeover of the electoral process if H.R. 1 passes. We talked about which of these is the most concerning, the most threat, the biggest threat to us. And one of them on that list was free speech and the silencing of dissent and the silencing of conservative voices. Indeed, the cancel culture. And we talked about how if we can't have the right to say and and express and debate and dissent and argue what we feel 
Um, it is the beginning of the end of the republic. It truly is. The very first thing, and you can look time and time again, you can look over and over and over again at countless numbers of, of comments, <clears throat> excuse me, by our, uh, our founding fathers, and not just our founding fathers, but great patriots throughout American history, um, who have declared that the first step on the road to, uh, to totalitarianism or authoritarianism is, indeed, uh, silencing of the people. Benjamin Franklin, whoever would overthrow the liberty of a nation must begin by subduing the freeness of speech. It's exactly correct. John Adams, the liberty of the press is essential to the security of the state. I mean, these, these quotes are so extraordinarily important in American history. You know, George Washington... If the freedom of speech is taken away, then dumb and silent we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. I, 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 you, can't, you can't say it any better than those who knew it from the beginning when they, when they made this. The First Amendment and the Bill of Rights. Our speech is sacrosanct. It has to be protected. Unlike anything else, it has to be protected. The ability to fight back verbally, orally, to, to debate and dissent against overwhelming authoritarianism, perhaps, by a big government gone awry, a monarchy such as the one that we fought to escape. We can't allow that to happen. The people cannot be silenced. And yet, here we are. Yesterday, big tech overlord Mark Zuckerberg convened a panel of what I guess he would call an oversight committee to decide on as to whether or not a former president of the United States should be allowed to speak freely in the new press, the new press being the tech world, the digital world, the, the social media world. Now, this... This oversight committee or board or whatever you want to call the excuse that Mark Zuckerberg used to try to take some of the heat off of himself, they already actually banned this former president from speaking back when he was still president, which makes this even, you know, it's on steroids, the insanity of this. For if they can silence a former president, or in this case it was uh, a sitting president, What chance do any of us have in expressing ourselves? The right to be heard, the right to be heard and viewed by tens of people, hundreds of people, or thousands of people, or millions of people, depending on our popularity and our social media followings. What what chance do the rest of us have to fight back with an honest voice of dissent if they can do this to a former president? So they did this to the president, again, while he was the sitting president. And what they've done now is decide whether that temporary ban that they put on Donald Trump from speaking uh, on Facebook and being heard would become a permanent ban. And yesterday, that's what they decided to do. Yesterday, they decided that Donald Trump, a former president of the United States, does not have a First Amendment right to free speech. 
or freedom of the new press, which is what social media is, that he can and must be silenced because they don't like the content of his speech. This is precisely what our founders warned us of. Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz tweeted a message to liberals asking if the big tech oligarchs can muzzle the former president, what's to stop them from silencing you? The former president himself weighed in, saying it's a disgrace and embarrassment and that social media companies must pay a political price. Colorado Republican Congressman Ken Buck asked why Syria's president still has a Facebook account. They apply these rules so uh, unfairly and uh, inconsistently that that, uh, the American public just doesn't have confidence in this. Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren agrees with many Republicans that antitrust regulators and Congress need to rein in big tech, but she tweeted that she wished the former president's ban was permanent. Jessica Rosen. So, so, so just in case you missed that part of, of in the middle, Syria's president, she didn't say Sirius, she said Syria, in other words, Assad, Bashar al-Assad, notorious human rights violator, notorious terror sponsor, Bashar al-Assad, who gasses people, his own people, Bashar al-Assad is still sitting comfortably with the ability to reach out to people all over the globe by way of Facebook. But Donald Jonathan Trump or Donald, Donald John Trump doesn't have the right that serious president does? Democrats are celebrating this and indeed calling for A permanent ban, you just heard that part too in the Elizabeth Warren part, but more than just a ban on Donald Trump. They want this to only be step one. They want other conservatives banned as well, and they want specific topics if they don't agree with the content to be banned. In other words, global warming will lead, if you comment on global warming in any way, that differs from what they are calling the settled science of the world is is out of control, uh, the planet is out of control, the climate is out of control, it's all human caused, and we need a Green Deal deal now to deal with it. If you dispute any of that, gone, silenced, your account, goodbye. If you speak out against the COVID-19 vaccine, say, I just don't think it's safe, or at least I'm not convinced it's safe. I'm going to be very cautious about this. I think there's a reason to be uh, 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 a little bit you know, uh, hesitant to dis- receive this vaccine. Gone. You're speaking out against something that is settled science, even though it's experimental in the name. That's what they are trying to do. And this, my friends, is the definition of fascism, which is something that Pete Hegseth said on Fox News. And Trump responded via an email statement saying, in part, what Facebook, Twitter and Google have done is a total disgrace and an embarrassment to our country. Free speech has been taken away from the president of the United States because the radical left lunatics are afraid of the truth. But the truth will come out anyway, bigger and stronger than ever before. The people of our country will not stand for it. He's right, of course. They are radical and they are lunatics, but they're also in control of what billions of people see every day. Here's what they don't understand. Silencing Trump will only, in the end, make him and the movement he still leads stronger. Absence and the threat of socialism does make the heart grow fonder. But alas, Donald Trump is just the latest target. Donald Trump is the latest target, but most importantly, he's the biggest target. As Pete said, and President Trump said, if they can do it to a current sitting president, now extending the ban... To a former president, then what chance do you have? What chance do I have 
to organize with like-minded people by way of social media to go to city hall meetings, council meetings rather, to go to school board meetings, to petition the government for a redress of our grievances, to make our voices heard if we can't coordinate and, and collaborate online the way everybody else can. Our First Amendment rights are sacrosanct. And they are being taken away from us before our very eyes. 216-901-0945. You want to weigh in? I've got time for you right after this on AM 1420 The Answer. Okay, 927. Without freedom of thought, there can be no such thing as wisdom, and no such thing as public liberty without freedom of speech. Also Benjamin Franklin. Our liberty depends on the freedom of the press, and that cannot be limited without being lost. Also Thomas Jefferson. Restriction of free thought thought and free speech is the most dangerous of all subversions. William O. Douglas. Reason and free inquiry are the only effectual agents against error. Jefferson. Now, almost all of these quotes I've been giving you are from American patriots and American founders. What do you say we go to the other side? Let's see what the other side says about the importance of freedom of speech. Ideas are more powerful than guns. We would not let our enemies have guns. Why should we let them have ideas? That one came from Joseph Stalin. You understand that? Our patriots, our founders, those who gifted us this glorious republic and the constitution by which it is governed, they agree that freedom of speech is the most important thing to keeping it. And then you have Joseph Stalin, a man responsible for the murder of millions, millions, as the leader of a communist regime, agrees, if I allow the people to have their own thoughts and ideas, to be able to share them, to be able to speak on them, they become a threat to our power. Why would we ever let them have that? Ideas are more powerful than guns. We should not let our enemies, or excuse me, we would not let our enemies have guns. Why should we let them have ideas? Joseph Stalin. And guess what, my friends? This is exactly what is happening. The beginning stages of making sure that political opponents aren't allowed to have ideas, aren't allowed to express them, aren't allowed to share them. Not in the modern digital world, when the modern digital world is being run by tech oligarchs who believe in the silencing of dissent. Do not misunderstand it. It is that serious. What was done to Trump yesterday is being done to all of us. And it will only get easier for them to do. 
216-901-0945, Get in when you can on this. By the way, most of the quotes that I just gave to you were easy for me to find because you can find them. They're on cards that that the 501c3 organization that I work with is trying to push. They're called free speech action cards. They're available, laminated, in packs of 40 with uh, free speech quotes on them that you can buy at citizensforfreespeech.org for 10 bucks. 10 bucks for 40 action cards. And whenever you have these issues with people that you work with, people that you encounter, people in your family, hand them action cards and remind them why you're fighting for free speech. Find those at citizensforfreespeech.org, citizensforfreespeech.org. You should have them memorized by the time uh, we're all said and done here if we do it right. Jenna Paolo, Ohio State Representative, joins us next. AM 1420, The Answer. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 937, a little late coming back in. Apologies for that, but we'll make up for it by uh, being more outstanding and more awesome than we were last segment. Um, A couple of days ago, I posted on my Facebook page, which I, yes, am still using. Despite everything that we just talked about and what Facebook is doing, we cannot sacrifice our voices. So I posted that, once again, I'm suffering from severe governor envy. And the story was Florida Governor Ron DeSantis once again doing the right thing and signing a bill that bans biological males from competing in girls' sports. The reason I have governor envy is I have no confidence whatsoever that Mike No Spine would sign such a bill in the state of Ohio. But the only way to find out is get such a bill passed through the House and through the Senate. And joining us now is somebody who's trying to make that happen. Jenna Powell is an Ohio State representative in District 80. She has sponsored the Save Women's Sports Act. She joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning. How are you, Ms. Powell? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the line today. Good to have you back on the program here. We've talked before. Let's talk again now about the Save Women's Sports Act. I know you and Reggie Stoltzfus are the uh, sponsors. Uh, you've got a bunch of co-sponsors as well. Tell me why you decided to write this bill. Absolutely. So, you know, the Save Women's Sports Act is just a fairness issue for women in the state of Ohio. It makes it so that biological males cannot compete in female-only sports. And, you know, as a representative, we want to do everything we can to um, protect little girls in our state and protect little girls' opportunity. Um, So that's what the Save Women's Sports does, and we're excited about moving it through the legislature. You know, this is such a big issue for for a lot of girls, but yet it is... It is minimized by those who say, look, there's how many, how many actual trans, uh, females, in other words, biological males are actually trying to compete in sports in any state. Why do we need a whole law, uh, for something like this when we're only talking about a handful of people? How do you respond to that? You know, it only takes one biological male competing against females to totally ruin their opportunity in the entire state, whether it comes to tennis, basketball, you know, baseball. Um, these are all different sports that, that when you have a biological male that has different physiological traits at the time of birth, um, they have the opportunity to compete on a level, on a different playing field. And so whether it's one or 100, um, 
this is unfair for little girls in our state. And so, you know, that's where as a representative, we we represent, you know, we, we fight for over 11 million Ohioans, but we also fight for every single one. And that's where why this bill has to move forward. Yeah, we all have watched closely, and I'm sure you have as well, what happened up in Connecticut, uh, because this reached uh, as high as the Supreme Court, the case of Selena Sewell versus the uh, uh, state of Connecticut for allowing biological males, just two of them. That's all there were, was just two of them. And the story's now three years old, because that's how long it takes to get through the courts. But two of them were allowed to run as females, and they broke 15 state records. They won a combined, no, I'm sorry, I think they broke nine records and won a combined 15 championships uh, that had all been held by girls previously. So their names are wiped from the record books, but most importantly, their finishes are, are second, third, fourth, and fifth, etc., based upon uh, what event it is, which impacts their ability to go to college and perhaps be desired by college coaches to come and run. If they allow this in high schools, then of course the NCAA is going to say, bring me these quote-unquote females who did so well at the high school level and let them come up here and run for me, and girls lose their scholarship opportunities. That's exactly right. You said it perfectly well. You know, it's not only about athletics from K through 12, but also it goes much farther than that and um, continues on to college scholarships and opportunities for females. And so this really is bigger than sports in our state. This is where the legislature and the governor can make a stand and say, we want to stand up and we want to fight for women's opportunities in our state. Um, And that's why we're, we're continuing to move this bill forward. Uh, we, we need to ensure that we do not back down to large corporations. We don't back down to the NCAA um, because, like you said, it's crucial so that girls can fulfill their athletic uh, dreams in our state. We're talking with Ohio State Representative Jenna Powell, uh, District 80. She sponsored the Save Women's Sports Act. Um, I kind of led with the, uh, the, the the governor part of this. I, I have no faith at all in Mike DeWine. I don't think he's made one solid, sound, constitutional, correct decision since coronavirus was was first discovered. Um, I think his lockdown of the state, his refusal to open the state, despite the fact that other states that have opened up and removed all of their restrictions are among the lowest in the country in terms of new cases and spread. Uh, so th- that's just an example of how closed-minded he is. Do you have any belief or confidence that he'll be any more open-minded when it comes to the issue of protecting girls' sports? You know, what I will say about Mike DeWine, and, and it's no secret to my community and the constituents I represent, is uh, he and I greatly disagree on policy. Um, Mike DeWine has hurt our state, hurt families in our state, and made very poor decisions when it comes to uh, COVID-19 and its shutdowns and regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've, we've disagreed greatly uh, since about day one in office. Um, but, you know, when, when it comes to this issue... Um, I know Lieutenant Governor Husted just came out this week in support of the bill. Um, he did say he wanted some modifications, so I'm not sure exactly what that means to him. Our bill is a very sound piece of policy, and we're excited to move it forward. And, you know, with the governor, I can't say what he's going to do or not do, whether it's signing the bill into law or vetoing the piece of legislation. Um, but what I would say to him is that, you know, are you going to stand up for your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren that want to fight on a level, I'm sorry, want to play on a level playing field. Um, And so I would hope that, you know, the science behind this bill, the common sense behind this piece of legislation would then have him sign it into law. Um, I I, I appreciate that. Um, 
the, 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 first of all, do you know when you're going to meet with Husted to find out what uh, changes he would like to see in the bill? You know, as a, as a representative, I don't, uh, you know, my boss is not the governor and my boss is not the lieutenant governor. Um, this is a solid piece of legislation. Um, you know, if he reaches out and wants to work with us on making it the strongest bill possible, um, we'll absolutely hear what he has to say. But we've worked for years on this piece of legislation and crafted it um, in a really smart manner that protects the integrity of women's sports. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's really you my know, job I, I, I get that. Believe me. a good piece. No, I agree. You don't need them uh, to to write better legislation. You don't you don't you, you don't answer to them, but you do need Dewine to sign it, as you pointed out. And yep, a better absolutely. way, uh, you know, I have a better shot of that if you know yep. his lieutenant governor says, "Here's what we've done. This is this is going to be good, Mister Governor, uh, Mister Dewine. Yep. Let's let's sign this thing." Um, I would think you need him in in your corner. So there's probably going to have to be a meeting of the minds there, right? Absolutely. You know, there's all conversations happening with both the House, the Senate, you know, the administration. There's always conversations going on um, and saying, hey, where do you stand on this? Where do we stand on it? And just like anything, um, you know, there's 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 compromise when it comes to policy sometimes. And other times, um, philosophically, at times, we're just on totally different uh, wavelengths. So that's really where the conversation starts. To say, Are we philosophically on the same wave- wavelength? If so, how do we make this the strongest bill possible? And as we're continuing conversations, that's what we're hoping to see. Um, because at the end of the day, we want to protect the integrity of women's sports. Um, well, that's what this is about. This is about you know women's opportunity in our state. Listen, you don't have to convince me because I was already convinced before this bill was drafted. I agree with you 100%. But here's the thing, Representative Powell. You are going to have to convince other people who say, Jenna Powell, you're a bigot. They say to me, Bob France, you're a bigot. Reggie Stoltzfus, you're going to be a bigot as well. And if Governor DeWine signs this, you're a bigot because while you say you're protecting women and girls and their sports, they say, no, you are discriminating against trans girls. In other words, biological males, and how dare you judge them? How dare you exclude them? We are a state of inclusion. We are a state that uh, that, that values diversity. How dare you shut those people out? That's what they're going to say. How are you going to deal? You know, I, I would say that, you know, in the last five years, specifically in government, people can people can say what they want, but that doesn't make it true. Um, this bill specifically allows everyone to compete in the state of Ohio. That's that's the beauty of this piece of legislation. But what we're specifically saying in this bill is that there is a biological and physiological difference at the time of birth between males and females, which allows biological males to compete on a different playing field. And so the facts and the science do back up this piece of legislation. Um, and, and that's what I continue saying because it's true. And many other states in the nation also believe this because we're seeing this piece of legislation pop up. It's being signed into law and it's being moved forward. And so, you know, people can say what they want, but those aren't always facts and not always true. Well, they're definitely not facts. They're not true, but this is what they do. This is what they traffic in. They traffic in, you know... um uh, criticisms and and name calling and calling you a, a phobe of some sort or another if you don't just go along with the agenda uh, and that I think has stopped a lot of people from supporting what would be ordinary common sense legislation not just here in the state of Ohio but in other places people who are afraid of being canceled so do you are you concerned about that and are those who support your bill whether they be members of the house and are co-sponsoring or even just you know citizens maybe in your district uh, are people 
concerned about quote unquote cancellation if you oppose the LGBTQ agenda, which of course supports trans participation in whatever category of sports they wish? You know, I, my mom always told me growing up that sometimes when you do what is right and you know it to be true, that you're going to be standing alone. Um, and, you know, when I got into politics two and a half years ago, I knew that everyone wasn't going to be on my side. Um, but I know what is true and I know what is right. And so that's why I'm continuing to work on this piece of legislation. And people can say what they want, but it's not true. We have the science and the data to back up this bill. Um, you know, we want everyone to be able to compete. But like I've said many times, this is a fairness issue for little girls. And so I don't care what name people call me. That's fine because it's not true. What I want to do is stand up for the millions of women and little girls in our state because it's unfair for a biological male to compete against a female. So I'm not going to back down to corporations. I'm not going to back down to the NCAA. I'm not going to back down to name calling. Because it's unfair and someone has to stay on the ground and say, enough is enough. We can't allow biological males to trample on little girls' opportunities. And that's what this bill is specifically about. So the bill stands where now? It has been introduced. Uh, Is it in committee yet? Yeah, so we just had first hearing on the Safe Women's Sports Act and the Primary and Secondary Education Committee. Um, you know, that, that went very well. We were excited to see that happening and we are um, working on and awaiting a second hearing. What's the, uh, what's the, the long-term prognosis here in terms of when you think something like this might be presented? Uh, well, first of all, it's got to get to the Senate side too, but, but in terms of the duration of, of a piece of legislation like this, how long before it goes to a DeWine desk for a, for a potential signature? You know, when it comes to policy, sometimes it can move at, um, you know, rocket speed. Other times it takes a little bit longer. Uh, We're having a lot of conversations now uh, behind the scenes, working with people in the Senate as well um, to best move it forward. Uh, And so, you know, my hope would be that we see a lot of movement on it before summer break, which starts in July. You just, you, you, you anticipated my next question, which was, is there anybody on the Senate side ready to introduce a concurrent uh, bill that would, uh, that would marry uh, with yours? Actually, um, earlier this year, we had Senator Christina Rogner. Um, she introduced a similar piece of legislation in the Senate. Um, we're excited to be uh, working with her as well and having a lot of support there. So there is a lot of support among both the House and the Senate for this piece of legislation. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to ensure all the details are, are correct and, and people's questions are answered. That's really what it comes down to, answering everyone's questions to ensure they're on the same page so that we can protect women's rights in our state. Jenna Powell, Ohio State Representative uh, from District 80, I I think you nailed it. I I think your explanation was well-rounded, it was reasonable, it was passionate, it was scientifically accurate, which means, of course, it's going to hit all kinds of roadblocks, because you did. I mean, you're you're spot on, and I'm so glad you're willing to take the slings and arrows that come with something that is going to be, in a a cancel culture world, is going to be a reason to attack you. So uh, I I think you're all over it. Last question, do you know, uh, or have you heard the name Olivia? Rondo. Um, I'm not familiar with the name. She is a female wrestler, uh, and she is now in college. Um, her, her wrestling season was canceled because of the virus and everything uh-huh. else. She's in college in Pennsylvania now. She came onto my program uh, about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, and she is adamant, 
adamant, even though she has wrestled and beaten boys, she knows she is an outlier because she is a very, very strong and, and very well-trained and larger girl, and she has beaten male wrestlers at the high school level, but she said she knows doggone well she would never be able to beat them uh, in a tournament or to win a championship. She is so outspoken about opposing biological males being able to come over into her world of female wrestlers and um, and and to take that over she's just such a great spokesperson for this i would highly recommend her. as a matter of fact representative paul if you would before uh, when we say goodbye here don't hang up i'll ask um, marcy our producer here to uh to coordinate with you and get you that interview i think you'll be very inspired by her and maybe this is a kind of you know uh you know part of part of the sales i guess salesmanship of the of the bill uh the more people and the more actual female athletes you can talk to who support what you're doing right now maybe it has you know holds some sway with some of the other members of the uh, uh of the legislature Wonderful. I'd appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I think you'll be very impressed. She sounds a lot like you do, except she's in the middle of it, you know, and that's, uh, okay. you, know, you guys, you guys are like minded, and I really like both of those things. So uh, thank you, Representative Powell. We appreciate your time. Don't hang up. We'll get you that interview. I want you to hear it for yourself and get people like this on board. In 9.53, we'll take a time out here and come right back on AM 1420 The Answer. Yeah, the the language of the bill that uh, Representative Powell has sponsored here is is clearly not ambiguous. It's very direct. Each school that participates in athletic competitions or events administered by an organization that regulates interscholastic athletic conferences or events shall designate intra- interscholastic athletic teams based on the sex of the participants as follows. One, separate teams for participants of the female sex within female sports divisions. Two, separate teams for participants of the male sex within male sports divisions. Three, if applicable, co-ed teams for participants of the female and male sexes within co-ed sports divisions. And that's okay. That's important to note that. Like right now, they just have girls' volleyball and boys' volleyball. Very few schools have boys' volleyball, by the way. But if they ever wanted to say co-ed volleyball, that would be okay. If anybody wanted to get in, now you know what you're getting into. But that's a different story. No school, uh, interscholastic conference organization that regulates interscholastic athletics shall permit individuals of the male sex to participate on athletic teams or in athletic competitions designated only for participants of the female sex. If a participant's sex is disputed, the participant shall establish the participant's sex by presenting a signed physician statement indicating the participant's sex based upon only the following the participant's internal and external reproductive anatomy. Game over right there. I could just stop. Game over. The participant's internal and external reproductive anatomy. Internally, if you drop eggs, you're female. Internally, if you produce sperm, you're male. Externally, if you have female genitalia, you're female. 
Externally, if you have male genitalia, you are that. They just made this as simple as humanly possible. The participants' normal endogenously produced levels of testosterone, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We could have just stopped with the anatomy. But thank you, Jenna Powell. Thank you to Reggie Stoltzvest. Thank you to the other representatives who have co-sponsored this bill. Let's get it through the House of Representatives and protect our daughters. Protect the women uh, to come in sports, whether they be in the grade school level, the high school level, or at the collegiate level. Protect women's sports. That's the name of the bill. Contact your representative. Contact your state senator. Get them to sign on, please. 10 o'clock, we'll get news now. We'll come back and talk about, we may even talk more about this to an extent with uh, Dr. Everett Piper coming up next on 8.